Welcome to the Pain of Scale, the Notion Podcast. And hello, everyone. It's Paul again, and I'm with Stephen. How are you today, Stephen? Yeah, I'm great, Paul. Thank you very much. And you? Very good. I'm actually very happy because we've done one batch. We've done all these episodes to your framework. How do you yeah. feel about that? It was cool, right? It was cool. Do you know what? I kind of reflect on how much there is to learn. Yeah. And how you know how incredibly important it is just to keep a really open and kind of curious mind and kind of challenge yourself to talk to people who really kind of obsess about these these kind of disciplines that, that we're focused on. So yeah, it's been really enjoyable, really enjoyable. Are there any type of like highlights that you remember that maybe have made you change your mind or maybe you evolve? I mean, we both evolved by, you know, learning, but were there like maybe specific moments because you've done, and for those who haven't read them because they may be only listening, every single episode as an attached blog post, which is available on notion.vc. And they're very good. It's not because you were there with me that I tell you that you actually deep dive into every single topic that we've touched upon. So have you maybe learned through that process? Hugely. And I think I can probably pick one or two things from each of them. I think that have been really kind of instrumental and i think things that also have played into our kind of psyche as well so within the firm so you know the first conversation we had was with mike snelling of, yeah. of the table group and you know i've been a big fan of patrick lencioni's thinking and writing for a long time he wrote a really quite interesting book called the five dysfunctions of the team which really kind of breaks down the fundamental problems of dysfunctional teams if you like and what they've then done is turned it into a very positive framework this is actually these are the five fundamental principles of creating high performing teams and organizations and i think what mike really reinforced for me in a way was just the the fundamental focus on the need for clarity within an organization and the importance of repeating that message of clarity over and over again. And I think I remember him saying, you probably recall as well, you have to say something seven times before <laughs> yeah. it really sinks in. And, and I've used that increasingly to one, really pare back how I think about my role at Notion. And then also to think about how do we reinforce that message with our portfolio of companies and, and founders that says if you only do one thing be clear about it and repeat it over and over and over again and as a leader I think that 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 kind of restands really you in really good stead and yes. then the second thing he said that really kind of reinforced me was uh, that really kind of resonated with me I should say is this kind of stillness that you see in in the very best leaders yeah and, I um, that. and I think that's very powerful isn't it because that sense of, you know, fundamental understanding. I know, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I know I've got a great team who can deliver on that plan. And I know I've got all the resources at my disposal. So let's not overcomplicate it. Let's really kind of quieten things down. And let's, let's just kind of deliver on that. And I think also it gives you the, the mind space to kind of almost retreat into yourself and say, yes. okay, what is it? What is it I really need to do? It kind of sparked, I was reading on the train on the way in this morning, if you've ever read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Oh, well, no, I've never read it. Actually. Oh, it's just amazing. I mean, when you think this was written in 200 AD, 150 AD, and it's so, it's so powerful. 
he has this really in, important message that says, clarity comes from a point of stillness within yourself. He says, retreat into yourself and into your mind and think about what's really important to me and, and to, to the and then I think companies are, need to be a bit like that as well, you know, just kind of making sure they quieten down all the noise and, and focus on what's really important. Yeah, that's a very introspective way of thinking. And, and now you've also created my uh, reading list. You you are creating my reading list for Christmas, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a, it's an amazing read, actually. It's a really amazing read. So that that was really that was really interesting. Now the second one is Maureen Taylor. Oh, at, she was at great. SNP, and she is just a superstar. Oh yeah. And, you know the thing at SNP are the based out of San Francisco. They've basically grown up alongside the tech scene, and for about almost thirty years, they've been working alongside some of the most transformational technology companies. Mm-hmm. supporting their founders in terms of finding their voice and communicating with clarity to build better companies. And, um, you know, their roster includes the likes of Oracle and Salesforce and Facebook and Google and Airbnb, and, and it goes on and on and on. And she paints wonderful pictures with words, doesn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. And she has this, um, she calls on a lot of kind of... Um, Greek philosophy, like Aristotle. Yeah, I remember um, that. That's another book isn't it? I need to read now. <laughs> yeah, rhetoric. And she kind of talks about the, the fact that quality being a, a habit and not an act. It was something that kind of really stuck with me. But the, the picture she painted, if you remember, of, you know, the artist. Yes, and, Michelangelo. And yes. Michelangelo and, yeah. and the scaffolder. Yeah bit like with the technology company where you have this incredible founder who's the creative force who's creating something from nothing being like the michelangelo painting the sistine chapel and that's what she pointed out was of course that that's incredible but also when you go into the sistine chapel and you look up and you think how (laughs) how did he do that well because he had some world-class scaffolders yeah exactly the foundation to do that yes who who could accommodate that and uh, i thought that was that was for me was was really really powerful yeah the operating um, excellence that needs to be there yes absolutely yes that becomes a habit then we moved on to category creation i i think this is a really fascinating area because and dave was great dave peterson was absolutely great yeah he's and you know It's so comforting, isn't it, when you find yourself in a conversation with somebody who just exudes confidence in their subject. And Dave just has that in spades. And category thinking, I think, is something that is really important for um, technology entrepreneurs in particular to, to really embrace because if we kind of boil it down to its essence of as a as a tech entrepreneur, you're invariably doing something nobody's done before. And therefore, it is absolutely incumbent upon you to define what, not just what the problem is you solve and the product you're creating, the solution you're developing and the customers you're serving, it's hard enough in itself, but actually to define the whole industry that you're creating. And that's what category creation is all about. And he tells it, tells this lovely story, doesn't it, which was about... Um, lives in San Francisco, California, I think it is, somewhere in California, in San Francisco, and talks about, you know, people asking, what car should I, should I drive up to the mountains? <laughs> yeah. And you don't say, oh, you should have a 
a Jeep or you should have a, a Land Rover or a, a Range Rover, you say you should have a, an SUV. An SUV, yeah. And, and that, that, that's the kind of mindset you're trying to, to create. And so he, I think, really kind of, for me, is a, is a, is a kind of really world-class kind of operator. And that, that was a real highlight for me. And it. I really love that the way you use the term curves, you know, like these big companies are creating their own curves. So you might be going a, a very similar road than uh, pre-existing companies. I, I think he was talking about how Nokia, you know, was being seen as this unfileable giant and suddenly new curves are created obviously by apple but then also now with e-commerce by amazon so i love this really this idea of curves which works great with your example of suvs like all companies are carving their own new category every time and that keeps happening it, it was fascinating yeah it, it really was and um you know we're seeing more and more of our companies really kind of embrace that subject mm -hmm. then we came onto the um ah, human force human force of nature <laughs> that is yako van der Koy, um <laughs> who i i just have so much time for this this man and and his company and i cannot overstate the role that they are playing in the professionalization of SaaS sales, I think on the planet, but in our portfolio, the best performing companies in our portfolio are working with these guys to help uh, them wow. operationally and uh, improve their capability in terms of, you know, if you think about it, a very, very simple, you know, can I attract more business? Can I convert them faster? Can I get yeah. a better win rate and a higher deal deal size? And I was about to use a term, but I'm not, for explicit reason, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to simplify it to the non-BS approach to sales. Like you need oh, results. Yeah. How do you get there? It was it was fascinating. Yeah, it really it really was. And there's a lot I take from from Jacko or Yakko. It's a couple of the most important things I think I, I take away from when I listen to him is is to think about impact so we get very hung up as entrepreneurs in terms of creating long-term outcomes mm -hmm. but actually you need to solve problems with real impact today he's all about that sell on impact today not long-term value tomorrow and then i think the second thing i take away is the kind of this concept of and this is a critical kind of growing up aspect for for technology businesses or to be honest any business which is moving from founder-led selling to team-based selling yes and and if you can achieve that you know you're well on your way to to really building highly repeatable predictable scalable sales for your SaaS business so yeah a machine yeah. a true machine that it keeps feeding itself yeah, yeah. Uh, and growing absolutely that was Yako, and, I, and i'm sure i'm sure we'll be talking to him again in the not too distant future i would love um, it then um product and building the product machine with Carlos Gonzalez Contenas. Uh, Carlos is one of those people who encapsulates, if you're going to think big, think bigger. Yeah. And um, he's an entrepreneur as well as a, as a product leader. He talks, I think, so eloquently about the fundamental challenges of building products that really have almost a machine-like kind of momentum to them that allow a business to fundamentally prove their viability, prove their ability to scale and, and, and build enduring kind of capability. And, um, you know, we're seeing him do that at GoCardless, where he's, he's driven an incredible transformation in terms of their product organization and an incredible kind of 
depth of capability as they expand all over the all over the world. I really like talking to, to Carlos and and I think he's got a huge amount of, of value to, to offer to the notion portfolio. Then we move on to one of my perennial favorite subjects, which is pricing. And, yes. um, and with my favorite person to talk to about that, which is Patrick, which is Patrick Campbell. You know, I think this is one of the areas where we as venture capitalists and, and the technology entrepreneurs really need to kind of grow up and, and get our heads around the fundamental challenges of microeconomics, monopoly-based pricing, understanding price elasticity, understanding willingness to pay, understanding the kind of supply and demand curves in a far more profound level. And I don't know anybody who does this anywhere near as, as well as, as him. I just learn so much every time. And, and my slight challenge is, where do I go after Patrick? <laughs> and, and we've got wonderful Lily from his team, who, yeah. who all superb in the next series. In the next series. Um, yeah. And uh, will I probably, by necessity, be going back to Patrick, to Patrick afterwards, again? Yeah. What I really enjoyed about Patrick is, is how he tells you basically not to be afraid of pricing, asking pricing, asking the customers directly, which is sometimes we're all very shy about pricing this thing we do on our own, but he's like very forward with it. And I really appreciate that philosophy it's really something that had a big impact on me as well me too and that's a really good kind of uh, call to arms isn't it says, absolutely have you spoken to your customers about the pricing what, yeah. what do you what do you mean you haven't spoken to them you know it's it's an incredible incredibly simple yet profound kind of tool to have in your uh, kit bag so then we went from Boston talking to Patrick to Singapore talking to Susie Hughes. Mm-hmm. I know he's a great friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm fascinated by talking to Susie is about the the waves of technology she's seen in three different ecosystems. Yeah, so she's, absolutely. She's, she's worked within San Francisco and Silicon Valley. She then spent four or five years in London. And Here in London, yes. Kind of tech scene, and, and then she's been in Singapore for, for three years. And, and what's quite reassuring is is how the same kind of processes are playing out over and over again in terms of building ecosystems, building networks. There's obviously more complexity in in Asia. You know, we think of the US being a homogenous market. I mean, reality is there are differences state by state, but largely it's homogenous. Yes. We think of Europe as being heterogeneous, but actually there is political and currency and customs union, even if we bring (laughs) on a mess with that. Um, (laughs) Nevertheless, Europe as a whole is relatively addressable and there's no political or economic cohesion across uh, across Asia. And so having people like Susie that you can speak to, I think, are, are really, really useful. It's key, yeah. Then we move to another, you know, one of my favorite people in our ecosystem, which is Beth Ayers. And Beth was um, the SVP of strategy at New Voice Media. She was at the forefront of their fundraising over a Series A, B, C, D, I think it was, where they raised in excess of 100 million. So yeah. there aren't many people in Europe that have, that have no. a level of, of no, understanding no. that she does. Yeah, it's unique. It is. And what I like about that is that she's been through it. She's also really, really thought about it as well. Mm-hmm. And she's internalized some of the best parts of it. And she's able to really kind of play that out. And I think. What I liked best about that one is this kind of message that, you know, don't forget you're you're actually building a a SaaS machine. A SaaS machine works on some fundamental principles of cost of acquisition, 
the gross margin, the recurring margin you get from your existing customers, your ability to keep those customers, and your ability to grow those customers. And the later stage investors in particular understand that hands down. The, the groundwork of that SaaS machine is kind of started from day one. And even if you don't have all the data about cost of acquisition by different cohorts or your payback, even if you don't have huge amounts of information on customer retention or revenue expansion, you need to show that you understand those topics and you need to demonstrate that you know how to collect that data. Yeah, that, that was really useful for me. And then the last in the series was the extraordinary Ian Milbourne. Exactly. <laughs> um, I sat down to write the... Uh, so Ian, as, as you know, is one of the, the uh, founding partners at Notion. And it, he's a deal junkie. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lives for doing transactions, both in terms of managing the transactions that Notion does when we're making investments, but also managing, uh, supporting our portfolio on M&A and supporting them on um, on exits. And he's now kind of building up some, some real fundamental understanding of, of the process that you need to go through. And the importance of around the whole concept of exiteering from day one, really thinking about making sure your business is being run in a way that you're almost ready to be acquired at any point in time, even though that's years off. And so he talked about the kind of framework for kind of ongoing DD assessment. Yes. And then the, the second thing being about really understanding the universe of potential acquirers, why <laughs> they might buy you, why there is an alignment between your product strategy and their strategy. Yeah. And then the third is to kind of build a network of, of people who can really help you to, to complete a transaction. And it did make me laugh. I, I kind of, when we record these things, sometimes you don't realize quite how much ground you're covering. Yes. It took me about four hours to write up that, <laughs> that article. And it was two and a half thousand words long. And wow. um, we just covered so much ground. So going back to your, your initial question, what did you learn? Well, I learned a lot. Yeah, we did. I learned, I, I learned in particular that I know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff about really important things. Isn't, is that, isn't that the thing always we say, surround yourself with smarter people than you, right? Yeah, yeah. And have an open mind. You know, it's quite an interesting thing. When I joined Notion just coming up to three years ago to figure out how do we build out our kind of our Notion platform, platform. and the value-add services, I probably thought that a big part of what we do is teaching. But I now, I think, realize that a big part of what we do is learning, you know, and, and says, actually, if, if we can learn more and more about how do you become a better leader, how do you hire better people and build a great company, how do you, how do you design a category from first principles, how do you grow um, business and revenues predictably and scalably, how do you build a product machine that churns out kind of excellence and technology products that customers love? How do you really create value-based pricing? How do you internationalize with kind of confidence? How do you raise money at the right time, at the right valuation? And how do you build long-term shareholder value for exit? If we can continue to learn more and more about those topics, we'll be able to make better investments and oh, yeah. we'll attract hopefully ever better entrepreneurs and we'll be able to help them more and we'll just carry on. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, and this is actually actually what we're gonna do soon because we're gonna <laughs> yeah. have another batch of uh, fascinating people. We will start for the people that are listening on the moment. We will be away because Christmas is coming up. For those of you who are listening much later, don't matter. Just skip to the next episode. We will have a, a series starting with uh, Stephen Chandler, actually. Yes. So Stephen is our managing partner, and um, we're going to be talking about the kind of framing up the whole of the second set of these um, 10 podcasts and talking about the, the fundamental challenge of the kind of startup, grow up and scale up journey. Um, and we hope to release that in the second week of January. Exactly. And one more question to finish up. You had written that framework before recording. Would you change anything that, that you've listened to all these very smart people? Yeah, I think one of the things that I, I wanted to dig into probably going forward is, is I think we need to focus more on the hiring piece. Absolutely. You know, how, how, do you, how do you hire people better? As part of building an extraordinary business, the most important thing is hiring extraordinary people. That's one thing. And then I think the other is that I kind of consolidated in my mind pricing and unit economics because I, I think of them as two sides of the coin. Yes. But in reality, they're actually different for different topics. Absolutely. And, and then a third one will be, we think about kind of revenue growth as one overarching topic. But underneath that, there's obviously lots of different things you could talk about, but predominantly sales, marketing and customer success. Obviously. Um, but I want to resist the temptation of... Um, of overcomplicating. I agree. I, I tend to have that habit. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fighting against that. So, uh, but it's just something I think we'll just need to think about. No, no, but it's that. interesting that you talk about hiring and people because I think in every single of the episodes we've recorded, every single of our guests talked about, you know, the, the quality of the people, smart people, better people than yourself. It was always about people in the end. So I think it's, yeah. it's key. Yeah, it's key. It's a thread all throughout. 80% of the money we invest in the company, in our portfolio, goes on people. Yeah. The technology costs, um, uh, the product costs are really rather Small, meaningless. Me yeah, amount compared, along, yes. Alongside that to yes. the cost of the people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Stephen, on that, I'm uh, very much looking forward to be hanging out with you on this podcast again. It's going to be very soon, again, January. For those who are listening live, you'll have another batch of fascinating people. Um, we're not going to reveal all of them, but there's a lot more to learn. And I think it's ever increasing this amount. So it's fascinating. So I'm yeah. really happy to be on that journey with you, Stephen. Thank you, Paul. And thanks as ever for all your help and support. Of course. And happy Christmas, everyone. Yes. Happy Christmas. <laughs> That's assuming you're actually listening to this. Exactly. <laughs> well, happy Christmas for this year or, or next. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you.